Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And today we are going to wrap up Have You Seen Me Week with the case of Amy Bradley. Have you ever heard of this one? You know, you had told me a snippet and I almost feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know all of the details. Okay. Well, she disappeared off from a cruise ship in 1998. Okay. So it was worldwide news. Her parents are such strong advocates. They are badass parents that have Continued. worked. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. worked diligently to get her name out there, and and it's helped with some leads and whatnot to do that. So I just wanted to bring this case to the forefront again in the yeah. podcast world because you just never know. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Amy. She was born May 12, 1974, to her parents, Ron and Iva Bradley. They lived in Chesterfield, Virginia. She has a slightly younger brother named Brad, which I just realized his name is Brad Bradley. Oh, interesting. Yes. <laughs> is that I, his real name? It is. But I just now connected that I mean, his I'm name is gonna, Brad Bradley. I'm not going to judge the, the name choice by but, the parents. But that but... was weird that the whole time I wrote that, I had not even, like, connected that. Anyway, she's got a younger brother named Brad. Mm -hmm. Amy was athletic, focused, and just a cute little fireball. She got multiple scholarship offers to play basketball, but picked the school closest to home because she was so close with her family. She was super close with her parents. Yes, and and she was especially extremely close with her little brother. There are some cute home videos of them as teenagers reading notes at each other's birthday party and and Aww. you know and she was reading this note and was like I love you little brother and as a mom of four teenage boys right now it speaks volumes to how close they were cuz my boys are really close but they're not writing notes to each not, other yeah, and that's a, that with that's I love a really you little good, brother yeah that's that's a good indicator that you're super close yes. oh home videos always get me when mm-hmm. i see with these In cases these missing person oh, cases yes. i know me too and I'm just going to throw out at the beginning here that there is um, a website, amybradley.org, that is still up and running looking oh. for her. So I used that to get a lot of information. And also there's a wonderful um, four-part, or excuse me, five-part series that was done by Beth Holloway called Vanished on her. And if you'll recall, Beth Holloway actually is the mother of Natalie Holloway, who also went huge missing, missing persons case in the yes. Caribbean mm-hmm, on a um, senior trip, I believe it was. So maybe someday we'll cover that case as well. It's still unsolved. Oh, yeah, definitely. Amy Bradley was awarded a full basketball scholarship and graduated from Longwood University in Virginia with a degree in physical education. She enjoys playing basketball and many other sports. She liked karaoke. She had a red convertible Miata. So fun. Very fun. Her She had a bulldog named Bailey. Aww. She liked bass fishing, playing pool, and hanging out with friends and family. So it sounds like she was a great balance of, like, girly, but a little, little tomboy, yeah, too. Yeah. I love it. She had just moved into her new home a month before 
she had went on vacation with her family. Okay. And she would have begun a second job working part-time with a computer company that her aunt and uncle owned. She adopted, also had adopted another, a female bulldog named Daisy. Love it. And she was going to pick this this Daisy up the Sunday after she returned home from her family vacation. So the reason I'm telling you these things is because there is a theory that she just walked off the ship and didn't want to be found. She had made future plans. Um, She was okay. going to get another dog. Yeah. No nobody's walks walking away from, away from another dog. Heck no. She sent postcards to friends at home from the port of departure in Puerto Rico she also bought gifts to bring back home. She took tons of pictures to make a collage um, for her coffee table. She even scheduled swimming lessons with parents of, of a six-year-old boy that she met from the area to take place the following after, week after returning home at the local YMCA. So she had all kinds of plans upon her return with her whole life ahead yeah, of her yeah. at the time. She was also a swim coach, which I think is important to note. She was a really strong swimmer. So any theory about her falling overboard, first of all, there's no evidence to that mm. at all. But also where she went missing, the the boat was not in motion. It was docked. Oh, so interesting. She, she could have swam. Yes. Mm-hmm. The family got a seven-day Caribbean cruise vacation through her father's work in March 1998. She didn't really want to go. But she also didn't want to pass up the opportunity to be with her family because they were so close. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Caribbean. It's a cruise. I mean. Yeah. You and I love cruising. uh, Absolutely. This makes me a little leery about it. Not going to lie. Oh, for for sure. After I researched this really in depth, I was like, I'll never walk alone on a cruise ship again. No. And you hear, you know, several of these cases Mm -hmm. with with people coming up missing or they do jump or they fall off somehow. And I Mm -hmm. am like... Every cruise I've went on, very cautious of being close to the edge, yeah. by the edge. Interesting that you say that because Amy was as well, which oh, is another, another reason why of... they do not think that she fell overboard because the whole – her time on the ship, she never got anywhere near a railing. There are she few, didn't like it. Yeah. There are a few things that I could think of less horrifying than if I survived Mm-mm. the fall yeah. being stranded in the ocean. Yep. No way. Yep. No thanks. Mm-mm. March 21st, 1998, they set sail on Royal Caribbean's Rhapsody of the Seas. On March 23rd, 1998, they dropped anchor in Aruba. They explored the island for the day. They went to dinner. This was their last day as a family together. No. They That night, they had a formal night on the cruise ship. There's always Love a couple. Formal nights. We do. So her and her brother were dressed all fancy. They went to a Calypso dance party that night, and as in that evening, the ship departed for Curacao, okay? Mm -hmm. So they're on their way. You know what it's like. Boat's back in motion. We're back after a day in the sun. It's exciting when the boat takes off. Like, oh, yeah. Yes, Uh and you're all dressed up and uh, having these very fancy, yummy dinners and having drinks. Oh, the drinks. Oh, the The drinks. drinks. They're so plentiful. (laughs) It's an amazing experience. It it is fun. This is very much the experience that they're living. Now, remember, she's 23 years old, so she's having the time of her life. Mm -hmm. When her parents went to bed, Amy and Brad go to the ship's 24-hour dance club to go listen to the Blue Orchard band play. Okay, so about 4.15, 4.30, they re-enter their cabin. 
So right. they were out. They were they, pulling. I mean, they were living it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I do make note of it later, but I feel like it's relevant just to plug this in here. Now, when they're listening to that band, Amy had danced with one of the band members. Okay. Okay. So she's like making friends with the staff. They're noticing her. Mm-hmm. 4.15 to 4.30, they re-enter the cabin room and sit on the balcony together. So they've got a balcony oh, so state had, room. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And this is how they know she didn't – they had a stateroom with a balcony in it, and she never went anywhere near the balcony, like the in actual general. railing, mm-hmm. because it made her uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So they know firsthand that that's not something she would have done. Brad went to bed, but Amy stayed on the balcony. He said that he told her he, – he was like, okay, I'm going go to go to bed. She's like, okay, I'm just going to stay out here for a little while longer. I'm not real tired. He's like, all right, good night, love you, and went inside. And that is the last thing that he said to his sister, oh, wow. was I love you. So she was on the balcony, but she didn't go near, like, the edge of the no, balcony. No, nope. she's just sitting in the chairs. Gotcha. On okay. the balcony. Yep. Okay. Now, at 5.30 a.m., as the ship is arriving and docking in Curacao, her dad wakes up and sees Amy sleeping on the balcony. Now, if you've been on a cruise ship before, you know how it rouses you mm-hmm. when the ship docks. Mm-hmm. It's sure. loud. There's all kinds of noises. Most of the uh, cruises that I've taken, I have had either a balcony or a window stateroom. The light starts to come in from the sun, and, and it's it's shaking. It shakes a bit mm-hmm. as it starts to um, dock. So Dad wakes up at 5.30, looks out on the balcony, sees Amy, and knows – and he actually – she was asleep. He could see that she was sleeping in the chair. And he's like, I'm just going to leave her. I'm going to go back to sleep for just a little while. Mm-hmm. We're going to be getting up soon for breakfast and to explore the island. So he leaves her there. He wakes up again at 6. So 30 Like a half hour later, later. Amy is not there. She's not on the balcony anymore. He figured that she went up on deck to take photos and drink coffee mm-hmm. of them. You know, they're in a new island. All her items, including her shoes, are still in the room. The only thing that was missing was her cigarettes and lighter. So he's like, all right, she might have just went top deck to to smoke. smoke. Yep, get her coffee. So dad is not panicked at this time and starts to get it. He gets up, starts searching the ship. And he ended up looking for her for over an hour before he went back to the stateroom, woke Amy's mom up and says, I can't find Amy. And in the interview, the mom, uh, her mom, Iva, says, I could tell right away that this was bad. Was bad. I mean, yeah. his the look on his face was panicked. Was it's officially... not like Amy to disappear like this. Yeah. Oh, man. So. No, and she was sharing a room with her brother. Yes. Okay. And her parents. Because okay. her parents. Oh, they were all in the same room. They're all in the same okay. stateroom because her parents, her dad woke up and saw her on the balcony. Oh, wow. They begged the crew to not let down the gangplank until they located their daughter. But the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line did not listen. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. If you're not familiar with cruise, with how a cruise works, after you dock and they're ready to start letting the passengers off onto the um, stop, the island for the day, they lower the gangplank, which allows for you to exit Exit. and enter the ship. Mm -hmm. The captain agreed to issue a search, but would not make an announcement or stop people from getting on or off the ship. Or even issue a search of the cabins because he did not want to alarm people. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. Okay, this is really, um, this strikes me as concerning. Mm -hmm. Only the dining rooms, he he only would issue a search for the dining rooms, bathrooms, and common areas. But that's not what the captain told the Bradleys. 
He told the Bradleys that he would issue, he would not make an announcement over the ship and he would not keep the gangplank up, but he would have every nook and cranny of the ship searched. But that was a lie. Oh, so he told the family that, but, but that that's not what happened. happened. They only searched the common areas, dining rooms, bathrooms, that sort of thing. The whole cruise ship was open for everyone at this point to just leave. So 3,000 people wow. were on that ship. Um lawsuits yeah i know i i don't know if they ever did, did. Mm -mm. oh my gosh again this was back in 1998 too right yep, so it was it, it was it was a while ago it was the crew starts suggesting to the family that amy fell overboard and they're like no no the whole three days that they've been on this ship she's never even come close to the railing mm -hmm. it makes her nervous mm-hmm that's not what happened. And the ship was docked, right? Yes. When yep. she was out so there. So had she fallen overboard, they would have seen her and she could have swam. Uh-huh. Because it's shallow water. This isn't like out in the middle of the right, ocean. Right, They're docked. Now, then the crew has the nerve to start suggesting suicide to this family. Not a possibility. She had a life that was going well for her. She was making many future plans. She didn't suffer from any sort of mental illness or suicidal thoughts or depression. Anything of that sort does not fit. But even though they're suggesting this, they still have not fully shut down this ship Correct. to look. The, right, right. They're just, they're just going from past experience of sometimes people go on cruise ships to commit suicide. And, and that's a tragic reality, it but that's is. where they first jump to instead of issuing a real search. I actually know someone that was on a ship that someone had Aww. jumped off, but they shut that down. Like, right. They, I mean, immediate search for that person. Mm -hmm. So it's just, to me hearing this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Not they... Not in the 1998 when it would have been easy to. And I don't know. Now we have, um, you're issued, when you get on the boat, you're issued a card that they scan mm -hmm. every time you get on and off the boat. I don't know if that was the situation in 1998. Right. It was I'm some time sure. ago, so... Things yep. may have been different. She was very close to her family, friends, and had a career and was in love with her dogs. So the family knows. There was no red flags for suicide at all. Mm -hmm. So then the crew suggests that maybe she disembarked in Curacao and maybe they should go look there. Okay. At this point, it's 530. They've been searching this ship. No Amy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is what they decide to do. They're like, okay, I guess we're going to go search for her in Curacao instead. They only had four hours to search before the ship was going to leave the port. They get off the ship at 5.30. They reach out to the FBI, but it took 24 hours before an agent could get to the island of Curacao, you know. Oh, wow. They decide to let the ship leave them in Curacao and watched the ship leave. They, the dad in the interview was like, yep, we, we literally watched it leave port and we knew where our stateroom was. And there's all these beautiful, these big, beautiful lights on this ship that are on. And our, there our stateroom was just dark and empty mm -hmm. and lonely. I have, I have like looked, I've pinpointed where my balcony room is when uh -huh. standing outside of the ship before. And uh -huh. I think that cruise ships look so neat out in the you know, oh, ocean with yeah. all their lights on and stuff. It's so beautiful. So I can only imagine him being like, look at all those people partying it up yeah. and having fun. Living and their best life. And I, on vacation. And here I am in my own personal hell. So the FBI tells them that they actually uncover that there was not a thorough search of the boat. So it's possible that, was, that Amy was still on the boat while they were in Curacao. So what they do with that information is they get on a flight 
to go to St. Thomas, which was where the boat was porting next, okay. and confront the captain about this. Okay. Remember, he had told them every nook and cranny had been searched and, on the ship and encouraged them to disembark in Curacao. So when the FBI gets on the ship, they search like they do for a bomb search. Uh-huh. The FBI searches every Everything. nook and cranny. When the Bradleys got back on the ship in St. Thomas, two college girls come running up to them when they get back on and say, we saw Amy with a band member. We have been trying to find you. Where have you been? Oh, wow. Okay. So at 5.45 a.m., they saw Amy with the bass player from the band heading back to the all-night nightclub. This man's name was Alistair Douglas. Okay. They were coming up from the elevator, and they saw Amy turn as if where she would need to turn to step into the disco, that all-night nightclub. Uh-huh. I believe it was she turned to the right to get into that disco, and that is the last time that these two college girls but it's could right say that, that they saw Amy. Yep, yeah, five, in between. Yep, in between when her dad saw her at 5.30, around 5.30 on the balcony. And woke up at 6. Yep, yep. She was gone. Yes, now, Brad, at this point, when these two college girls come up to him, Brad's like, oh, my God, I saw her dancing with that Douglas dude, um, you know, Alistair Douglas, mm-hmm. the night before, you know, when she went missing. Like, I, she was dancing with him. They know each other. So Alistair said to Brad the next morning, this is, he's talking to Brad before Brad talked to these two college girls. Oh. So this is, this is Alistair talking to Brad when they're all searching the ship. Okay. The, the captain and, and only a, a few people are searching With for this, her. With like, half ass search going yes, on. Yes, yeah, but the family thinks they're searching every nook yeah. and cranny. They haven't gotten off the ship in Curacao yet. When Alistair came up to Brad and said, and he remembered this after the college girls, like, pinged this information to him. Mm-hmm. He remembers Alistair, Al, uh, Alistair saying, I am sorry to hear about your sister. <gasps> Now, the reason this was alarming is because at this time, the only people who knew Amy was missing was the captain and his security team who he had alerted to do a search. Unbeknownst to the family, they only searched the common areas, but this band player shouldn't have known that Amy was missing. And the way he said it, too, it's almost like an assumption she's gone. That she's gone. I am sorry to hear about your sister. You can't trust someone named Alistair anyway. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Alistair Douglas. (laughs) At the time, Brad isn't thinking that there's only a a small amount of people that know about it. You know, he's just thinking, okay, he's he must have heard that my um, sister's missing because they're doing a thorough search of the boat at this point. Right. So he's like, oh, he's just sorry to hear that my sister's missing. Right. Well, it wasn't until the FBI informed them. No, only the captain and a small and his small crew searched the common areas and they get back on the boat. And these two college girls say they saw her, you With know, Alistair. get him. Yeah, that Brad's like, wait, holy shit. He he came up to me and, and, oh my gosh, wait, the crew wasn't informed that she was missing. There wasn't a thorough search. So how did he know? Uh-huh. They did do a polygraph on the ship with Douglas, Alistair Douglas. Okay. okay. There was not enough evidence to detain him as a result of the polygraph. That's all it says. It doesn't say he passed. It doesn't say that he failed. There just wasn't enough. There just wasn't enough. Oh, this is killing me. To make matters <laughs> worse, he came out of the polygraph and, and Amy's dad saw him. And she, he says in the interview how it was everything that he could do to hold himself back. 
but he came out of the interview with a smile and a <gasps> thumbs up. He thumbed up like, yep. Oh my God. Yeah. So then the ship's photo service, which takes photos of the ship's passengers, had Amy's photos on them before. Do you know what I'm talking about? About how there's people that always go around and take photos. Oh, yes. And yes. They're, all, they're in a folder. And you can buy the, the And you can buy them. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a big uh, moneymaker for them. Yes. Now it's all done digitally. I'm not sure what the situation was in 1998. Mm-hmm. Well, they used to put the photos out so you could see them and then you could buy them. Yes. If you and, they, and they still do, but it's all electronic it's now. Digital. It's digital. Gotcha. They had seen Amy's photos. Okay, because they've went, and each day you can go and get your date, you know, Mm -hmm. see what's been taken of you of Mm -hmm. the day. They mysteriously went missing about nine to ten hours before she disappeared. It was determined. All Amy's photos were gone. All of them were gone? Yep. All of them were gone. Oh, my gosh. Before she went missing. That gives me chills. So they could could determine that her photos went missing, but they can't determine who did that. Someone pre-planned this. Yes. Amy's were the only ones missing. Wow. None of the other passengers were missing. The FBI did interview several other cruise members, cruise ship, not only passengers, but staff members as Mm -hmm. well, to no avail. March 28th, 1998, they disembark the ship and fly out without their daughter. Oh, that just hurts my heart. Her mom does very matter-of-factly state someone saw her. Someone wanted her, and, and they took her. her. And it very much feels like there was someone on that ship that had her targeted. Yeah. Definitely. Well, with the photo thing, that I mean, yep. no doubt in my mind. Yep. That to me is is the biggest. Did she? Now it was a little bit, you know, with the times. Did she have a cell phone of any no. kind? Like there I'm was curious. never one mentioned. Y- yeah, it was ninety eight, so right. it wouldn't have been. It well, would have been the sound. Usually the, don't work anyway on cruise well, ships, but true. Um, and it also would have been the size of a house phone. I'm, I'm just <laughs> you're right. It would have yes. I'm just kind of curious how she decided to leave the ship at that time. It was five, you know, five thirty-five. She didn't leave the ship. She went to the or not the ship. I'm sorry, the room, the stateroom. Yeah, she had her cigarettes with her. More than likely, she was heading up to go smoke, to smoke for the morning. Ran into the dude that she knows. And that he was like, hey. Alistair Douglas, right, and he was probably like, hey, come with me or, you know, I can show you a different place to smoke or, I mean, they, they were buddy-buddy. Uh-huh. So who knows if he was like, wait, can you come help me with this or that? Sure. I mean, this is just me in my opinion, but her family also believes he very much had something to do with her disappearance. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's all signs point to yes. Mm-hmm. The Bradleys continued to launch nationwide awareness to their daughter's disappearance. They fought and continue to fight, actually, for information on where she could be. They did interviews with anyone and everyone who would listen. They also offered a $200,000 reward. And if it wasn't for the fact that we needed to get this episode out and together, because we, side note, we're recording a bunch of episodes early because I'm going on vacation, I actually would have reached out to them to see if they would like to interview with us Mm -hmm. because I know they still speak, are willing to speak. About the case. Yes, and keep her her case open. So maybe that's something we could do for a bonus episode. For sure. At another time. On April 21st, 1998, Brad and Ron, so that's dad and brother, returned to Curacao. To I hand. was wondering if they went back yep. there because that's where the ship on un- yes had docked boarded mm-hmm. with people. So yep. it's like, did she was she smuggled in there? Correct. 
So, and that is exactly what the FBI believes. So they returned. Sorry, I'm just jumping ahead, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, with the lack of the search, were they in on it too? Because the original search was so. The crew members? Yeah. You mean? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very possible. I know so I thought many that things. too. So they returned to Curacao to hand out flyers. They get a tip from a taxi driver that tells them he saw her the morning that she vanished. Oh, no. All right. Amy, he says that Amy approached his cab just minutes after the ship ported and was frantic asking where the telephone was. Oh, my gosh. He said he will never forget her green eyes. And she did have green eyes. And they had not told that taxi driver anything. Anything. They were handing out just black and white, you know, flyers. Uh Uh-huh. So he remembered she she does have green eyes. So they're looking everywhere. They even went into the water. They crawled up onto the back of boats that were docked Uh to search for her, which I don't even know is probably not legal. But, I mean, that's that's where they're at. They had been back in Curacao for four days, and Brad hears Amy call his name. He reported that he knows his sister's voice when he hears it, and it's distinctive and seems to be coming from a passing van. Oh, my gosh. So they hurry and turn around and trail the van through the city. They catch up to the van, and it was just a man in a van alone. Brad later is like, listen, I either heard what I wanted to hear or we trailed the wrong van. Because, I mean, it's so busy. Yeah. It's so busy there, and there's multiple vans, and he just kind of had to guess, like, I think I heard it from, you know, there. So they they'll never really know so they spend a week on the island doing what they could and on their way home they learned that authorities in curacao had called iva in virginia and told them that they found a female body with brown hair and they believed it might be amy so here brad and ron dad and brother are in a layover thinking the worst yeah that they had found her Mm -hmm. dead oh and after learning about this information amy's dad said that during the interview with uh beth holloway that when they were flying home after their layover when they were flying home he said he remembered that it was really windy and he does not like flying at all Mm -hmm. but he remembers thinking to himself on that day if the plane went down it wouldn't have bothered him oh you know, that's where he's at. He's just so feeling defeated. Now, it took 24 hours for identification of the body, and it was not Amy. Oh, wow. And actually, they weren't able to identify the person at all. It was only a pelvic girdle and a piece of spine, which was determined to be male. So why Ew. did an authority in Curacao call and say we have a female with brown hair there's no hair at all. Like where there was, was the... no like evidence of it being so it was no, just a body it literally parts? it literally was just a pelvic girdle and a piece of spine. Oh my gosh. Well that's really disturbing. It in, is. I know, know in itself. I'm but... So sorry to whatever happened to that person. Yeah. And was the... this someone found in where in was In Oh okay. Yep, washed up in Curacao. Giving you a little s- snippet of some shady stuff going on around. A hundred percent, you guys, the Caribbean is it's is a dark place. A, it, and it's beautiful and it's alluring, but you ha- there is a lot of criminal activity. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware. Mm-hmm. In 1999, a Canadian man named David Carmichael saw a video segment on Amy's disappearance. Because remember, her parents are out Spreading there this everywhere. advocating. Yes. And he calls the Bradleys saying that he doesn't want the reward money. Because remember, at this point, they've got a $200,000 yeah. reward. Yeah. Which had been raised by donations. 
by people trying That's to help amazing. bring her home. Yeah. I'm sure that led to maybe false tips too. Yes. They, they, yes. There's lots of Hold false. On. Okay. We're, we'll, we'll get, get to it. it. <laughs> so he's like, I don't want the reward money. But he said that he saw Amy five months after her disappearance. He was in Curacao scuba diving. He explained that he was washing off equipment and looked down the beach, and he saw a girl walking down the beach being flanked by two men. She matched Amy's description. The minute she heard that he spoke English, she started walking super fast to him, and within three or four seconds, she was within two feet of him. Oh, wow. And just as she started to speak to him, the two men pulled her into a cafe. Oh, my gosh. David followed them because he knew the situation didn't look right. And obviously, right. I mean, that is a lot of red flags. Sure. He noticed a scar on her right shin, which she does have. Oh, my gosh. And it appeared as though Amy was attempting to point to her tattoos for David to take notice. She had very distinct tattoos. Okay. He described her perfectly to her parents. He is 100% sure that he saw her. She has a Tasmanian devil twirling a basketball on her shoulder, which I, ha I just had to adore because, oh, the 90s. <laughs> yes. So he was able to identify these tattoos. Yes. Because she, without... was, she was pointing them out. She's oh. pointing to the tattoos on her body, the identifying marks on her body. Oh, my gosh. There's also a sun tattoo placed on her lower back, a Chinese symbol located on her right ankle, and a gecko lizard on her navel. She also has her navel pierced. The authorities searched the area, of course, with no results. So I'm assuming after the, like, he saw her there, the men took her and then not, I mean, they went and he didn't see them again. Yes, the men stayed right on her flank. He couldn't approach her or talk gotcha. to her. Gotcha, okay. Now, this tip debunks any theory that she walked away of her own free will and, and definitely shows that she was being held against her will. Uh-huh. So now she has been gone 17 months, and it's three months after the last tip from David Carmichael, okay? Frank Jones is a private investigator and a former Special Forces officer. He claims Amy is being held captive by human traffickers and believes that she's being forced into sexual slavery. Okay. Really, I mean, it, oh, this, it fits the bill for perfectly. For sure, for sure. Frank Jones claimed that he is following Amy and he knows where she is. He was an expert on the situation and has rescued others from these same situations. Over a period of a year, Jones and his team conducted recognizance operations and reported back to the Bradley family. The Bradleys were paying top dollar for this private investigator oh, for sure. and his experienced team. As her dad said, they'd be willing to pay anything to get their daughter back. Absolutely. Oh, I would too. Yeah, 100%. Especially since Jones was sending them some of his surveillance footage to prove that Amy was alive. In the photos, they could see Amy's tattoos, her build. It was everything. It was a perfect match. It oh was Amy. Gosh. On September 22nd, 2000, Frank Jones tells the Bradleys that he has enough information to pull a rescue mission on Amy and get her out of there. The operation was going to cost $100,000. Ron Bradley borrowed the money from his boss. Now, clearly his he works for a good company. I mean, they sent his whole family on a seven-day cruise, yeah. right? They give they, they gave him, they were giving him the $100,000, That's okay? That's an amazing boss. Yeah. That's incredible. Now, what the boss does, smartly, is he's like, okay, before I write this guy a check, I'm going to send my own trusty, trusted security contractor, Tim Buckles, to Curacao 
just to watch Frank. Mm-hmm. Make sure that Frank is using his money how he's supposed to. Sure. Th- smart man. Yeah. That, it does sound a little sketchy, yep. like $100,000. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. And when you see Tim Buckles, you're like, yep, that's who I would hire to be the head of my security team. Oh. You're not messing with him. Okay. Yeah. Tim starts monitoring. He gets on the island. He immediately finds, he knows how to find the right people to figure out who Frank Jones is. Mm-hmm. He's okay. one of those well-connected dudes. So he starts monitoring Frank Jones, and he contacts the Bradleys within just a few hours on the island and tells them that Frank Jones is down there drinking rum, whooping it up on their dime, and doing absolutely nothing (gasps) to search for Amy. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Tim also uncovered that Jones is a con artist, and the photos that he sent the Bradleys during the recognizance missions had been a woman that he knew they went to a tattoo artist to have fake tattoos put on this woman and then had her pose with two men on the beach to send those photos. Oh, my God. How sick. Screw you, Frank Jones. Frank took over $200,000 from the family, which was all donations that people had given to help search for Amy. And you said he had solved other cases or helped solve? That was all fake. It was fake. No. Okay. Okay. February 2002, Frank Jones was arrested in Virginia and charged Amen. with fraud. He had to repay all the money, and he served five years in prison. Woohoo! Yep. Good. That's so... Oh, my God. That's so horrible. Yep. Don't you I'm feel like so this mad. is this is always what people freaking do? Yes. Take, take advantage of people's vulnerable situation vulnerability it's disgusting and there is a special place in the afterlife for sick people like this sure frank jones stole two years of time from the bradleys where they had thought that they were on the right track to save their daughter and instead they were wasting time with that fool yeah my heart just sinks for them a next tip comes in from a naval officer he claims that he was in a brothel in curacao and a woman matching Amy's, de- Amy's description came up to him and whispered, my name is Amy Bradley, and I need help. He said, what kind of help? And she said, I can't get out. Just then, two men came up and signaled her away, and she left. The naval officer waited nearly two years, and until he'd retired, to oh. come forward because he was not supposed to be in the brothel. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. When the Brad, when he did finally come forward, and the Bradleys contacted the authorities, the authorities to investigate it, the brothel had burned down. And actually, his dad said, "You'll find that there's a lot, for whatever reason, a lot of things burned down in Curacao." Mm. Yeah, like uh, surrounding this case. No, or just, just oh, just because just the nature of mm-hmm. the area. And this was a legitimate tip. The dude was telling the truth. This really happened. What about like? What about Tim Buckles? He sounds like a badass dude. I know. I and I'm I'm sure he did his searching, but yeah. Oh, it's like can't he stay there? And I, and and I don't search? know. Yeah, I don't know the specifics of what his mm. cost is either or uh, what he what his you know realm is besides that, but it now seems clear that their daughter has been forced into sex tra- trafficking. But it is encouraging to them that she's still alive. Really? 4 more years go by. With nothing. No leads, no tips. Then in September 2005, the Bradleys are sent anonymous photos online of someone who looks like they could be Amy. And the person is in provocative poses and clothing. Oh, no. She was adorned in heavy makeup and her hair had grown out. And she was, it was styled in like a, what I would call it, it was almost like a 1980s wild poofy fashion to look 
all sexy and must. Okay. Gotcha. The photos were pulled from a website out of the Caribbean for an escort service. It was advertising an escort service. And that's what, you know, she was supposed to bring in clientele. Uh Uh-huh. They contact a forensic detective who takes the photos of the escort and photos from the family of, of Amy. And he does overlays with it. It was determined between the hairline, cheekbones, ear piercing, nose lines, and even the elbows were a perfect match. He said that he would bet his career that the woman in the escort photos was Amy. That's how sure that he was. And when you see them, and I'll post them. Absolutely. No, like, question of them no, being photoshopped or, like, imposed. No, I don't know if that it was is, the thing then, but... It is Amy it's her. with a lot of makeup on. I am Definitely. on the edge of my seat right yep. now, and I can't handle this case. Well, of course, now the IP address of the website is traced, but it's proving a difficult task for 2005. Mm-hmm. All right? We mm-hmm. were just talking about this on another case. Yeah. The digital trail is just not just what it is it. today. Yes. But now they have updated photos of her. Right? I mean, this is now her seven years later. Well, at this time, it's like almost eight. So she is about 31 years old. Mm-hmm. So this is good. They this, this does help. I want to tell you about a situation that happened to an Ohio woman. Her name was Judy, and she was also on a cruise. But this one was docked in Barbados at the time. She went into a department store bathroom And just as she entered a stall and locked it, she heard two men's voices enter. Mm. It's obvious from their tone that they're angry. So she gets up on the toilet seat and hides herself. They kept repeating, quote, the deal is at 11 and nothing better go wrong. They just kept repeating that. It was obvious that they were threatening someone. Judy hears them leave and realizes she's not alone in the bathroom. So she leaves her stall, and there's a young woman who appeared to be in her early 30s at the sink, looking like she's about to cry. So Judy asks her, hey, where are you from? And the woman whispered very quietly, Virginia. And then she asked, what's your name? And she whispers again, very quietly, Amy. So then Judy, trying to connect with this woman, says, oh, my daughter's name is Amy. Just then, Amy whips her head up and steps toward her with a panicked look mm. on her face, like, don't say my name. Don't say <gasps> oh my, my name. Gosh. And she approached her really aggressively and, like, got in her space, and mm-hmm. it made Judy super nervous, but she could tell she had said something wrong. And then they hear men's voices outside of the bathroom. Judy opened the door, ran out, ran into four men. <gasps> oh, gosh. Yeah. Goes down, runs down the hallway and leaves. It was not until nine months after this incident that in December 2005, when the news released the updated photos of Amy from the escort site, that Judy made the connection. She was like, oh my gosh. And realized that is the woman that I saw during, I mean, it left an impression on her. She was terrified. Oh, yeah. So in that, that escort photo was the woman that she saw in the bathroom. Um, so she contacted the Bradleys and they alerted the FBI. They worked with Judy to composite photos of Amy and the three men that Judy saw with her. No one at the department store remembered seeing her or her captors. So according to a CNN article, in late 2010, probably as a result of environmental turmoil that was caused by Hurricane Tomas, I don't know if you remember that, 
a human jawbone washed up on a beach in Aruba. It was quickly determined, I mean, at first, because of the fact that Natalie Holloway had went missing, uh-huh. um, it was first, the news was, like, breaking that maybe this was Natalie Holloway. Gotcha. So it was quickly determined to have no connection with Natalie Holloway. It had one single tooth in it, and so that's how they made that determination. I can't breathe But, right now. well, <laughs> but they ceased any further testing on it. So they just rule out Natalie Holloway. Oh, it's not Natalie or no other reason to keep testing? Nope. Despite the fact that Amy Lynn Bradley and up to as many as nine other Caribbean vacationers were said to have disappeared in the 15 years prior to the Holloway case, dental records were able to rule out no connection to Natalie Holloway, but no DNA testing has ever been done on the jawbone. Oh, my gosh. However, the tests performed, they have determined that it has come from a Caucasian person. So I don't know if this now in this day and age, you know, remember we've talked about that back out and test it. Right. And we've talked before about the backlog of DNA testing. Maybe this is something that's in the works now that it's hit the news. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I don't have those answers. March 2017, the FBI released a public service video giving details of her disappearance to keep her in the news. Uh Amy is still missing today. She is 5'6 or 5'7. The website says 5'7, her family's website, so I'm more likely to believe to Mm -hmm. say that than what other reports. She's about 120 pounds with brown hair, green eyes, and very distinctive tattoos. And I'll go over those tattoos again, just in case. She had a Tasmanian devil tattoo on her left shoulder blade, a Chinese symbol tattooed on her right ankle, a green and blue gecko lizard tattooed around her navel, a navel ring, and multiple ear piercings. There is still a $250,000 reward offered to anyone who provides information leading to the safe return of Amy Lynn Bradley. A reward of $50,000 is offered for information leading to her verifiable location. So please contact 804-276-2204 with tips. There was also a CNN article, which was updated in 2019, on that that gave me the latest information with the tip line, so I believe that that is still that. You can also go to amybradley.net and contact the family through that website. Oh, wow. It's estimated that 12 million people worldwide are forced into various forms of human trafficking. We need to bring awareness not only to those who might become victims of such evil crimes, but be aware of who might be pleading for help as a victim themselves yeah, in different circumstances. Yeah, paying attention to science. Yep, like Judy. Oh my gosh. You know, There's nothing more terrifying to me than the the situation with the human trafficking. I agree. It is very much real. It is very much swept under the rug and it is yep. it is horrifying yep. to me. I work on one of our local human trafficking task forces and it is unbelievable how quickly it can happen. Mm-hmm. Not just child, it's not just sex or drug slavery either. It happens for in in various forms into um work slavery and sometimes people go willingly not knowing that there are other avenues they think that they are going to better opportunities in another country they're from another country they're coming to work in a better atmosphere when really they're getting paid a dollar a day or a dollar an hour and their employer is taking advantage of them 
and they're living in squalor and still thinking it's a better life than what they had back at home. So there's lots of different forms of human trafficking. Oh, for sure. And preying on vulnerable people. I've heard stories of like an ex-boyfriend that knew the right people that yeah. manipulated the, you know, his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend into it. And one thing led to another and they're, they're, they're in it. They're trapped. They're yes, stuck. Exactly. It is so scary to me. I couldn't agree more. And so I a hundred percent believe that there were members on the Rhapsody of the Seas that uh, crew members that were shady, that were Without in, question. Yep, were involved in her disappearance and that she was a hundred percent forced into human sex slavery. Without question. I even question that search and they they, mm-hmm. they refused to stop people from getting off the ship. Yep. It all I feel like it's tied in. It very well could And that's be. the moment that I think she probably was taken off the ship. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And there are a lot of different service and crew only exits from cruise ships. Mm-hmm. They're not the big gang planks that the paying customers use. There's lots of other ways. They take, think of it, think of um like laundry carts. Amy could have easily been put into Oh, yeah, those carts cart. that they roll around for yep. sure. With towels on top of her, taken Nobody out Nobody would have questioned that. No. There are so many, many different ways that she could have been, for a small petite woman especially, taken off that ship um, against her will. Yeah. And at this point, she would be 46 years old. There is a strong possibility she is still alive. Yeah. I know that's the crazy thing. There's so many possibilities mm-hmm. here. And it is obvious there were so many tips. People saw her. Yeah. She was alive and she is was trying to get out that whole time. And granted, so. I mean, my heart always goes out to families with these cases because you do get those false leads and mm-hmm. those false tips, especially if there's money involved. Yes. But there's too many very distinct yep. identifiers that people saw. And from people who didn't want the money. Yeah. They're just like, I had this, when you legitimately have this experience that leaves you, like that guy, uh, Carmichael guy. Who was like, I don't want your money, but I remember I know this I specifically. And it leaves an impression on you. Mm-hmm. And in your gut, you know something's yep. wrong. Yep. And it sounds like that happened to various people. Yes. And exactly. who knows if they would have come forward sooner, what would have happened? Right. I don't right. know. But right. Well, in the case of Judy, she had no idea until she saw that news segment and then was like, oh my gosh, that's a woman. Yeah, that she I just saw. knew something was really shady. Yep. Same thing with Carmichael. And that's why it's important for these families to continue the conversation and to keep fighting for their daughter because. It wasn't until this person was made aware of, oh, my gosh, that girl I saw, I didn't know she was a missing person. Mm -hmm. They're not just going to be able to come up and tell you, I'm a missing person from America and I need your help. They can't always do that. I mean, there's clearly always somebody, when you're holding someone against your will, you're Mm -hmm. always watching them. And it's so scary, too, because the more we dig into some of these cases, especially with it being a missing missing person, Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about some of these cases. But I don't remember hearing about the human trafficking piece until you start to dig into it. And then you're like, oh, wow, yep. okay, that could have been a possibility yes. or it probably was. That, yeah. But at the time, it wasn't really as emphasized. No. And it, it, that no, is so we scary. we did not have awareness mm-hmm. like we do today. Yep, absolutely. So, okay, hopefully this brings some more awareness to her case. I'm not yes. going to sleep at night because <laughs> I'm going to begin my own search. <laughs> Oh my, gosh. oh my gosh, my my heart breaks for this family. I know, me too. The me worst too. part is that there were leads. Like right. when we talked about my case, no leads, nothing. Yes, you know. But this, there was there was a trail, 
And that family probably holds on to those things, hoping that they will find her. Yes, exactly. And that breaks my heart. Me too. Are you ready for our brain bath? I need a brain bath because I'm going to cry over here. So this one, this is interesting. It's not so much like funny we're going to bust out laughing. Mm -hmm. It's more like a, (laughs) like, (laughs) you're really that dumb? (laughs) Okay. All right. Good one. I like it. Thank you. And I think you're going to make that sound. (laughs) So apparently a woman named Kristen Bala, Mm B-A-L-A, she's a Polish author. She wrote a crime novel, right up our alley, yeah. in 2003, which quickly became a bestseller in Poland. Okay, nice. Yeah. It gripped the nation and received a lot of publicity. However, police found many of the details about the murder in the novel eerily familiar. Stop. I, I'm afraid of where this is going. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you're going to go, <laughs> The description of the murder was remarkably similar to what they knew about an unsolved case on their books and torture and murder of Daruj Jenzewinski. Sorry. Yeah, yes. It hurt to say you because tried. I know I just You really... tried. Yeah, DJ. Okay. We'll go with DJ. DJ. That's, yeah. Police decided to dig a little deeper and discovered not only had Chris. Kristen known the victim. He was the last person to have seen him alive and actually sold the victim's mobile phone. Oh, Christian. So Christian was duly charged and received 25 years in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. The The, nerve. I was just going to say the balls. It's like, it's so ironic he had this like hit book like oh this is good it's I so love realistic how karma's like look at i'm gonna give you a whole bunch of fame and it's and gonna come it back and slap you right in the face yeah yeah wow christian had some some brass uh nuggets there he sure did <laughs> brass nuggets Which, i don't know where that came from but you know thing. what i mean i do it's oh it. my gosh yep and he's just like i've got a great idea how about this murder that I committed? And the pol- yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and write about <laughs> the it. The police are like, And the police are so second. stupid. They're not, they're not going to be like, hey, we didn't release that detail. How'd this author know this detail? Right. Amazing. I love stupid people sometimes. Karma. Most of the time, they annoy the hell out of me, mostly when I'm driving on the road. But in moments like this, I'm like... When I get to laugh at their expense. Yeah. I like it. It's all right. Well, I'm glad he got caught. Shame on him. Yes, exactly. So I just, you know, not like a super, not, yeah, it's just one of those things. It really is like, an appropriate response yeah. to this. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope that you keep it curious. We hope that you keep listening. Please rate and review us on wherever you're listening from. That helps um, the algorithm say that. You know, we're worth listening to. That we matter too. We matter we matter too in our little corner of the podcast world. And we have all the social accounts that you are welcome to follow us on and share us and talk with us there. I love interacting with you guys. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have a website as well, crimecuriouspodcast.com. You can send case suggestions there. We'll we will cover them. You can give us mm-hmm. cases, we'll cover them. I appreciate that. It helps me, me when I'm searching. Yeah, and I like knowing what our listeners want to hear. Yes. That takes for sure. kind of the pressure off. So send them our way, guys. And until then, you know. Keep and, it curious. Yeah. Keep it curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> love it. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>